0: This podcast was produced at the first DIMES workshop in Leiden. DIMES is the Jean Monnet
1: project, diversity, inclusion and multidisciplinarity in European studies and is funded by the Erasmus Plus programme of the European Union. I'm here with Miriam Muller from Heinrich Heiner University Düsseldorf and Dr. Toni Haastrup from University of Stirling. Hi, my name is Tony Hastrop. I'm a senior lecturer in international politics at the University of Stirling. I'm also one of the uh, editors-in-chief of the UASIS Journal, Journal of Common Market Studies. I'm also on the advisory board of our exciting project, DIMES. I'm here today uh, with uh, Marianne Muller, who is joining us uh, from Dusseldorf. Miriam, could you tell me a little bit about your current research?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, thank you at first for yeah, giving me that opportunity. I'm super excited and I'm really enjoying uh, the DIMES project so far. Um, so I'm a PhD uh, researcher at Heinrich Heine University um, in Düsseldorf in Germany. And there um, I'm working on a research project on regional governments in the Global South. And um, my PhD project focus um, mainly on the so-called women, peace, and security agenda of the African Union and um, where there might be a cooperation, for example, with other regional organizations like the European Union.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you, Miriam. I was just wondering, um, Uh, this is the theme that you also covered in uh, the paper that you've presented at the workshop. Could you say a little bit more about how you became interested in this topic and why you think it does fit in with the um, themes that are being covered by the DIMES project?
0: Yes, so I have to say when I studied um, international relations, the main focus was always on doing my on the European Union, for example, and uh, sometimes we also um, uh, were discussing um, other regional powers, but um, mainly the focus was always on the uh, the European Union. And I was just thinking, okay, so if the European Union is uh, working together with other um, regional organizations, and if this is as a partnership, as a cooperation, why is the focus always, or the starting point, always on the European Union and um, not, for example, on the African Union, and um, why are we always talking about the benefits and the interests of the European Union and not of the partner organization, and so that's how I got into this um, inter-regional cooperation, and concerning uh, the Women, Peace and Security Agenda. Um, I've worked for two years for an organization um, that focused on women's rights and gender equality. And especially I looked into um, women's rights in armed conflicts. And so I put those two areas together and um, also found out that both organizations um, are on paper, together, really strong, um, have strong vocabulary uh, on that. And so, yeah, that's why I decided to focus on that. Yeah,
1: I thought that was really interesting because it kind of speaks to my own uh, research interests as well, at least the motivation for my own uh, research, where uh, I sort of worked in this. Big field called EU Africa Studies, but I was, uh, EU Africa Relations rather, but I was morally motivated by why it was that we spoke about regionalism just from uh, the lens of the EU, if indeed it was supposed to be a partnership. And one of the things that this field has um, done is um, sort of seen a situation where what we study has very much leaked into the practice so you know by making um, the European Union mainly the center of focus from which we can then analyze um, its external partnerships. We do research on that but then this also becomes the way that policy is done so I think this is precisely an important moment to be thinking about things like African agency and how African agency is articulated through regionalism. Uh, Similarly, I think it's fascinating around um, women, peace and security because one would expect that because of that, um, you know, the ways in which the European Union is often sort of put on top of this hierarchy of regions, then it should know what it's doing with regards to women, peace and security. But at least in my experience, I found that the African Union uh, has... It's act together a bit more than the European Union does, even though lots of things are changing about the European Union. So I just wondered, in the you know, what what have been your impressions in sort of thinking about um, the African Union's practices of women, peace, and security? You know, where you know there are certainly there are strengths, but where do you sort of see those strengths and where do you see weaknesses?
0: Yes, so um, I totally agree with you. when I when I looked into the um, documents like um, monitoring frameworks and so on of the African Union and also um, into certain projects um, like uh, the Women Mediators Network Femwise, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, okay, like it seems to be there's so much knowledge mm-hmm. also um, um, in the African Union on how we need to implement the Women Peace and Security Agenda and also how Uh, To enable um, African women's um, agency. Um, So, why is it then if we look at the partnership between the African Union and the European Union, it seems like that the focus is more on the European Union promoting um, ideas how to implement the Women, Peace and Security Agenda on the Mm -hmm. African uh, continent, although the knowledge and also that the conflict setting is on the African continent. Um, the, the, the agency and the knowledge seems to be, um, yeah, not put like, not to put like in a balanced way. Mm. Um, so this is something really interesting for me and um, I just want to know, for example, maybe there are like just institutional mechanisms and instruments that enforce that asymmetry um, because certainly um, concerning the knowledge, um, there there shouldn't be like an asymmetry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the strength is really, um, when we look at the African Union, you have a really strong leadership with the Special Envoy on Women, Peace, and Security, uh, Minata um, and she comes from, she has a civil society background, so you, you, you really believe her when she's saying, like, okay, we have here the gaps, implementation gaps. Um, you believe her when she says, uh, you know, when it comes to mediators, um, there are the, the challenges for women mediators, and i think looking at the european union um special representative it has more this diplomatic uh, framework so it's i think there's a little bit missing like the, the activism and um, um yeah the, the the local knowledge of what is happening on the ground and actually i think the european union can should really learn from that yeah
1: I mean, I had this uh, conversation yesterday, actually,
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) with with
1: one of the advisors to the gender advisors in the European Union saying, you know, you could really learn. And it's quite interesting because I think that um, at least the people working on the WPS issue, there is a bit of an acknowledgement that, you know, when you're thinking, because all all of this is thought of in the context of foreign policy, and there's a bit of an acknowledgement that, yeah, we do need to sort of tap into... Um, those uh, local knowledges that exist, uh, both at the African Union level, but also, obviously, in the regional economic communities, for example, ECOWAS or SADA in Southern Africa. And I, I certainly, you know, there's a lot we can say about existing local national knowledge. But I think, obviously, uh, in the context of thinking about Africa's relationship with the EU, this is a constant battle, right? And I and one that goes beyond uh, WPS. But I think one of the reasons why WPS is so important is because it's such a major framework um, to be considered in the context of the European Union support for the African Union around um, peace and security. So I was just thinking, you know, I mean, what you've said um, shows us that it is important to look beyond Europe to understand Europe, to look beyond Europe to understand European uh, foreign policy and, and gendered practices. Um, and I just wondered how, if you were to articulate that in in the context of what you, you, in your opinion, what you think DIMES is trying to achieve, how do you think your research can contribute to... Um, the objectives or the aims of DIMES as a network
0: um, actually I think what really during the last two days um, I got out of the DIMES workshop is really to be brave and also to be um, curious and um, in terms of thinking okay although it's framed as European studies um, and okay. We shouldn't be afraid to to ask um, questions that might in the beginning not look like european questions um, but are linked uh, to european um, development uh, policies or um, identity policies cultural policies etc and um, in my case that means um also questioning the European uh, Union's uh, policies on promoting gender equality and women's <laughs> rights and why um, why, it sh- why it's an interest for them and um, for the European Union and why the European Union is really pushing forward to it. And at the same time, to get the balance uh, to also uh, ask the question, okay, um, what is the African Union's um, interest to uh, to cooperate actually with the European Union on this really normative also framework, yeah. um, which is like when it comes to uh, to the normative framework? I mean, culture, context and contextualization is so important and also their understanding of what is security for, for, for um, uh, women and other marginalized groups uh, on the African continent. Um, so asking that kind of questions, going beyond um, the dominant definition of uh, hard security and so on, it takes a lot of courage. And um, that's what I kind of got out from that. Base, yeah. I think that's a very good
1: answer, it sort of <laughs> underlines uh, uh, simply endless call to be curious always. I think that's always a good research motivation that I think sometimes uh, the ways in which we study the European Union uh, as an actor, but also extending that beyond the European Union, thinking about um, the study of different institutions and frameworks within Europe. Uh, tend to be quite constrained, um, and I think in the way that you talk about your research and in the way that you've chosen to do your research, there's certainly uh, a lot of elements that map onto the intent of Dimes, particularly around um, carving out the space for the voices of the most marginalised. Their their voices are there; it's always been there, but we don't articulate it in, in the ways that when we do articulate it like you're trying to do, we actually have new things to learn about, in your case, the European Union, but I suspect uh, on Europe in general. And I think just sort of linked to that, so this is our very first DIMES event and I think um, if I take you uh, based on what you've said just now, it's been great and fantastic so far. What would be your suggestion for other UASIS events, um, particularly beyond this particular network and funding? What would be your suggestion for events that um, UASIS should be looking at, investing in, um, thinking about?
0: Um, What would be super, super great (laughs) would be um, that at the end, actually, we wouldn't need a DIMES network, like that it's just are a normal like a normal thing to to say okay uh, when we have a a conference and it's about uh, european studies it should be clear for everybody okay you can push uh, the boundaries you can uh, go beyond uh, the dominant concepts and it's totally fine to talk about it and not that you um, need um, at first to establish um, um, a safe space where people can a- approach each other uh, and and make sure it's okay to talk about it and then go to the big conferences. Yes. So um, yeah, that would be like the, I guess the final <laughs> objective. <laughs> <laughs> but like on the short term, um, uh, I think it would be great to ensure actually that the network we have established here um continues to 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 grow but also continues to to make sure that all of the participants here um feel comfortable and um feel also the drive to to continue to work together so it's not just like okay we had a conference and Now we have like for two days diversity and inclusion and so on on European studies. So it's yeah, it should be like a long term thing. Yeah.
1: I yes, I mean, I think that's a. It's one of those things where I think we all hope that this is no longer. It's counterintuitive, isn't it, that (laughs) we we've created ourselves (laughs) to ensure that we no longer exist. Uh, at some point in the future, but sooner rather than later. So I think you're absolutely right in that. And I think, you know, um, this also um, tracks well with what we've been thinking about in the context of UASIS. You know, we've now established a new network that is on... um, EU-Africa relations, broadly defined, Mm -hmm. uh, to which you're very welcome to join it and to participate in. And one of the motivations from uh, Sophia Price, who sort of um, was the lead on this, is, you know, a lot of times those of us coming from, say, international relations political science don't really engage with uh, international political economists, and they seem to be doing their own thing. And they're doing fantastic critical work that is often pushed aside in the broader context of... um, well, you know, depending on how you want to describe it, European studies. Mm. So I think it's really good, but also previously, those kinds of networks uh, in the UASIS, uh context, you know, they're funded for three years maximum, and people either have to move on to another association. And thinking about it, we've thought about how we could rethink that. That yeah. you know, even when um, the the money has done its work, we, we need to keep the networks going as a standard and as a part um, of UASIS, and of course, scholars still have a lot of autonomy, but I'm really grateful that you know, that is something that has um, been thought of and devised by the um, current chair as a way to sort of ensure that these conversations keep going on and to sort of, again, really think about you know, what do we mean by diversity and what do we mean um, by inclusion. But as you said, in the short term, I think the important bit is that we, you know, we keep creating a space for people to be able to have this conversation so that they're comfortable to have the conversation but hopefully make others uncomfortable for not having this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I'd like to thank you for speaking with me. And um, (laughs) hopefully we'll see you at the next event.
0: Yeah, I hope so. i you.